turn to John the third chapter. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. What did we teach on last week? Well, it was about night classes. Remember we talking about how Jesus had some night classes. And uh, we're going to find out that uh, in that class there were some things that Nicodemus needed to learn. We're going to talk about that this morning. So while you're turning, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity we have to come to you in prayer and let you uh, dispatch your Holy Spirit into our presence and allow him to have his way in our lives. And I ask you, Lord, that as we speak, may the Holy Spirit direct and have his way in all that's said and done. When it leaves my lips, before it hits the ears of the people that are here, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint it so that it is, sounds to their heart and mind what the Holy Spirit wants it to say. So guide us in every way this hour, and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, last week we talked about night classes. Uh, it was a, a teaching of primarily centered around a man named Nicodemus, uh, him, and also he had a friend named Joseph of Arimathea. They were two Pharisees that came to Jesus at night. Every time it talks about Nicodemus, right behind it mentions his name. It always in like parentheses or always... Uh, with commas or somehow points out, oh yeah, he's the one that came to Jesus by night. And so uh, that's what we talked about last week to set up, if you would, uh, it's the teaching for today. Now, the Pharisees and the leaders of the temple worship, but uh, now we find that uh, these two men, uh, they were uh, bravely going to Jesus for the night classes and they gained a different perspective of what the true teacher of their day had to say, being Jesus Christ. All right, so let me turn to John, the third chapter. The first two verses is about Nicodemus. Verse 3 is where I want to break in. I'm just going to read down through verse 12, and then we'll cover it a little bit. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst tell whence it cometh or whether it goeth. So is every man that is born in the Spirit, born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master or teacher of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily I say unto thee, We speak, that which we do know and testify that which we've seen and have received and ye have received our witness if I had told you of earthly things and you believe not how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things well here we have Nicodemus went to Jesus at night for a lesson lesson number one was verily verily you know what that means 
Actually, the literal word for that is truly, truly. But it means pay attention. I'm going to say something I don't ever want you to forget. You need to know this no matter what comes or what goes. When I'm talking to you about this subject, it's going to be a subject you need to thoroughly understand and your life needs to revolve around it and know that whatever's taking place here never changes in your mind. So pay attention closely to what I'm about to say. Amen. Now, however you interpret that verily, verily, I just want you to know it does mean this is important. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Wow. For Jesus to start his statement of truth with the word accept. What does that mean? This is the only way. There's no alternative. There's no exceptions to this rule. If you want to see the kingdom of God, there's only one way. That's it. Only one. And accept. That lets us know. That's all there is about this. There's no other way. Let me give you an example here. Think with me if you will. If you and I walk into a room to look at something, and because it's dark and we can't see what we're looking for, you might say, oh, look, there's a light in the ceiling. Huh. Well, if that light was on, we would be able to see what we came into the room to see. So what do you think we should do to get that light on? Well, you can yell real loud, turn on light! It probably wouldn't make any difference. You could clap your hands. That probably wouldn't turn the light on either. I know they do that on television, but that's uh, just another gimmick that, to blow fuses. But, or what we should do is blame one another because it's dark in the room. It's your fault we can't see. It's your fault the light's not on. Amen? But we're still in the dark. And then the owner of the house would come in, come in and say to us, Except you flip the light switch, the light will not come on. What's that mean? The only way to get the light on, boop, flip the switch. Sounds simple enough, doesn't it? Well, except you uh, are born of the Spirit, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, that's just not going to happen. Here we have Nicodemus wanting to see the kingdom of God and no doubt as the teacher he is the elderly guy that's had his nose in God's book for years thinks he's got it all down pat he's thought so much about this kingdom that he's read about that God's prophesied was going to come, still no kingdom. Maybe he went to class to study on it in the temple. Still no kingdom. 
Maybe he prayed. And maybe even fasted. Still no kingdom. Maybe he became a Pharisee, thinking that would illuminate his spirit towards the kingdom. But still, no kingdom as of yet. Amen? But then, the king of the kingdom says to Nicodemus, except you be born again, you cannot be part of the kingdom of God. That should have triggered him to say, I want to know more about this born-again thing because the kingdom of God, as I've read from all the prophets, is on its way, and I don't want to miss it. I want to be a part of it. Amen? And except you're born again, you cannot have a part of that. That's when Nicodemus is going to give the king of kings his full attention in that night class. It's as if the next question would be, where is the born-again switch? I just need to flip it. If that's all it takes to turn on the lights, maybe that's what I need to do to flip the light switch or a switch to be born again. Or what does it take to turn on the kingdom of God in my life? Nicodemus now understands the truth and really intrigued to want to see the kingdom and, and he wants to really be a part of it. We've studied last week on all the things that Nicodemus did while Jesus was on earth. He was kind of the Pharisee that was a disciple in the shadows. He didn't want the people to see him during the day listening to Jesus but he wanted to hear everything he had to say and he wanted to take part in everything he could do after the sun went down. He always came at night. And now we see that uh, he understands this truth and, and really is curious about what he can do to become part of it. But he's totally unaware of the reality of the spiritual kingdom rather than a literal kingdom. That was the problem that almost all of the people in the first century before Christ came in to straighten all the teachings out was they knew a kingdom was coming, but they thought it was a literal king. A king that would come into Jerusalem, take David's seat in the temple, would throw out all the garbage that was in the temple, throw out the Romans that were in Jerusalem out, send them back to Rome so that the Jews would once again reign in the city that God had given them when he drove out all their enemies and allowed them to come out of Egypt back to the Canaan promised land, the land that flowed with milk and honey. So we find Nicodemus here in understanding that Jesus has a real thought for him and he's trying to grasp this born-again thing. And since Nicodemus thinks literally, his question is, in verse 4, how can a man be born when he's old? Again, thinking literal. Amen? It's not a literal something you do to become born again. 
He even says, can I enter a second time into my mother's womb and be born? That's literal thinking about being born again. Amen. Uh, but this is not literal that Jesus is teaching. It's spiritual teaching that we need to grip when it comes to being born again. Amen. That's why all you mothers now are breathing a sigh of relief. Amen? Because if your children wanted to be born again and you had to go through the birth process again, it was bad enough when they were this big, let alone when they're this big and weigh 250 pounds, right? Amen. Can you imagine what a mother would think if that was the case? Amen. So here we go. And you're going to go visit your mom, go home and say, Hey, Mom, I want to be born again. Thinking literally? Wow. She would probably hit the road. Amen? And I'm sure she would say to her, Mom, do you mind if we go through this birthing process one more time with me? She would tell you to hit the road in a hurry. Amen? All right. Well, after... All the moms faint at that thought. She'd probably say, no way, that's impossible. Amen? Well, I even understand that because my mom's already passed away. That'd leave me on the outside looking in, wouldn't it? All right, but we need to get beyond that kind of thinking, literal thinking. Amen? It's impossible for you to get uh, saved, if you would, that day you and you was born literally. Because then the doctor could say, well, he wants to get saved. This, God, this baby wants to be a Christian. I'll put it back in and he can be born a second time, right? You know, that's crazy thinking. But that's what literal thinking gets you. That's nonsense. But in verse number 5 and 6, Jesus separates the spiritual from the literal for Nicodemus. But first, hang on to the thought that except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Again, he uses the word except. What's that mean? It's only one way. Can't get around it. Amen. That's all there is to it. I believe Jesus was using the term water and spirit here to give Nicodemus a little more understanding in what's going on. Amen? Now, when you're born literally in the world, you're not born in water, so to speak. Now, I realize there are some, some water or some, some things that take place that you might even represent as water, and Nicodemus would be aware of that portion of the birthing process. But uh, that water that he's talking about is just representing a physical birth versus a spiritual uh, birth. Amen? Because... Uh, when you're born of the flesh, you're flesh. When you're born of the Spirit, you're spirit. Amen? That's what Jesus was teaching Nicodemus here in these particular verses that we've read to you. Now, we can see Nicodemus' light come on in his thinking process or maybe under his breath saying, Oh, now I get it. It takes two births. One of the flesh, one of the spirit. Maybe now he's starting to gather in the thoughts 
that he should have. Okay. Or I can imagine the total look of confusion on his face. Ah. That says to Jesus, now I'm totally lost. I don't even understand this spiritual stuff at all. I need you to help me through this. But I can see it happen. But where is the switch? Where is the button I need to push? Where is the things I need to do to get the spirit where it should be? So in verse 7, Jesus says, uh, he uses the, if you would, term marvel not. What does that mean? Don't worry about it. Don't be surprised. Don't get lost in it. Amen? Uh, I want to read that to you in the everyday in verse 7. It says, don't be surprised when I tell you, you must be born again. Don't be surprised. Don't marvel at it. It's nothing new. It's easy stuff. Amen. Right? It's going to work out just fine. Really, don't try to think it through. Just know that all of us need to be born again. That's all you need to know, Nicodemus. You don't know. I have to know everything about how it works. Now, I know that if I want the light to come on, all I have to do is flip the switch. I know where the switch is. All I have to do is boink, and the lights are on. Just that quick. Ain't they nice? LED bright lights for us. That is great, isn't it? Where they're going to last and save energy and all that. I don't have to know how to build a power plant on the Ohio River that either runs on coal or natural gas or uh, nuclear energy or whatever it's built from or a windmill generator or anything else going on to know that the electricity has to be in the line before the switch can be turned on. I don't have to know how to build a power plant. I don't even have to know how to make a light bulb. I don't know how to make one. I know how to break them, but I don't know how to make them. Amen? But all I need to know is if I want light, I just got to flip the switch. Amen? I think when Jesus said, marvel not, or don't worry about how it all happens, just go through the process as the Holy Spirit directs you, and the light will come on. Amen? Or the Spirit will produce in your life what he wants to produce there. Amen? Now, I know as a mechanic... I've learned a system that helps me in fixing things that I put my hands to to fix. I don't know what it is or what's next. When the phone rings and somebody wants me to fix something, I use the KISS method. K-I-S-S. -S. That means keep it simple, stupid. All right? You do the easy things first. If a tractor don't start and you go replace the starter and the solenoid and the key switch and all the safety switches and all it was was a dead battery or a blown fuse, look how much money you spent and wasted because those things weren't bad. You were just guessing. But if you keep it simple, stupid, start at one end and walk your way down the, the circuitry of it till it starts, man, that's easy repair. I always tell Bonnie, I know a lot of people call me when their tractors won't start or their mowers won't start, and I tell her, if it says they won't start, that's usually one of the easiest repairs I get. 
because I know what it takes to make it start. And I just start at one end and go right down the track till it starts. Amen? Keep it simple. That's what we got to do. Amen? So if we do that, I think even when it comes to being born again, don't make it complicated. Huh? There are churches that tell you you ain't been born again unless you can roll on the floor and jibber-jabber. Amen. That's not got anything to do with it. It's a spiritual work. It's not a work that you can work up to. It's all done by the Spirit of God. Amen. So we need to literally go through, if you would, this born-again birthing process, if you would, a second time, and that would be uh, quite all right if we all knew exactly how this process if you would, comes to pass. Amen? We need to make sure that we don't get caught up in the literal aspects. I know Brother Steve was talking about uh, in Sunday school that the, the temple of God, a lot of people come to church because it's a beautiful building or a temple or whatever you want to say. Amen? When we all go home, the building's still here, but the church is not. Amen? Let me just tell you this. Anything you can build with man's hands or through man's power is not what God's purpose is in your life. Did you get that? Everybody got that? Amen? Now, some men put hands to this building and build it. And we put hands to this building to repaint it and to do updates and everything else to it. But that's not what God's interested in you serving or being a part of. Amen? He's interested in a relationship with your spirit and his spirit walking in harmony as he talks to your heart down through your life. Amen? So then, the example he gives in verse 8 to get him to get off the literal and into the spiritual is he talks about the wind. No doubt, there's wind. Everybody, is there anybody here that don't know what wind is? Oh, I guess you've all experienced wind. Amen. Isn't that something? And yet, you've never seen it. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it's going. What do you know? Amen. You, all you know about the wind is it's there. Who controls it? God does. Amen. Oh, yeah, I know. You can turn a fan or an air conditioner on and say, oh, I can control the temperature. Oh, yeah, step outside and find out you're wrong. Amen. That's nice while you're in the house, or it's nice when you're in your car. It'll even my old beat-up pickup truck's got a good air conditioner in it and a good heater. That's cool. I like that. But you know what? As soon as I get out of the truck and close the door, I hit reality. I'm not in charge of the wind any longer. Somebody else is. I wish somebody would tell that to Washington, D.C. They're not in charge of the temperature and the climate. Amen? All right, you can't control the wind. Amen? You can do what you want with it. And even if you want to hook up a fan or something, you can even use the term they like to use on the news when they tell you what the temperature is. If it's not hot enough, then they tell you the heat index. And if it's not cold enough in the winter, then they tell you the wind chill factor. 
Amen. They're just trying to get you to think their way. They want you to be as miserable as they are. Amen. But when it comes to the Spirit of God, God's not interested in you figuring out how to do it as much as he is that you comply with the Spirit of God. Jesus said where the wind goes, it just goes where it uses the word listeth. How many of you have you ever said the wind blows where it listeth? You ever used that word listeth? Huh. Well, it's in this Bible, but it, all it means is it goes wherever it wants to. You have no control over it. Amen. Now, I know a lot of people like to control it, and you can, I guess, in a small uh, setting or small uh, get-together, whatever, but the same is true of the Spirit. It goes wherever it wants to go. It touches wherever it wants to touch. And I just believe this much. It has probably touched every one of you more times than you want to acknowledge and let everybody around you know. Amen? Because I know I've had the Spirit wake me up at night. You ever had that? Oh, sure you have. Amen. You know why? Because you forgot something. You've been laying there all worried about it. Finally fell asleep and the Spirit of God might tap you on the shoulder and say, here's what she's worried about. Now go back to sleep. Too late then because once he woke you up, then you don't want to go back to sleep. Well, he knows what he's doing. I believe the, it operates just basically the same way the wind does because Jesus used that in his example. And we can use the Spirit to our advantage if we would just be obedient to the two witnesses, God's Word and God's Spirit. It will guide your life where it needs to be for God. In reality, I still think Nicodemus doesn't get it. You know? Some of us are a little bit, I don't know what you're to use, stubborn, a little bit, you know. Some people, um, I've heard them even say, don't confuse me at the facts, I've already got my mind made up. Amen? Well, I think maybe Nicodemus had a little bit of that in him, being that he had been through all the other classes that they had on the kingdom and still had no clue what it was. Uh, he's probably looking at that in the same light, if you would. So in verse 9, he says, how can these things be? Can you be any more confused on it than the utterly? Just spill it out. I don't get it. How can this work? How does this happen? What in the world is going on here when you talk about this? Again, he's probably, probably having a battle trying to separate the physical from the spiritual. Amen? This is a, a literal explanation of a spiritual event, and he just is not getting it. At this point, Jesus calls him out in verse number 10. You mean to tell me you're a teacher? You mean to tell me you've already graduated from all these classes? You mean to tell me you don't understand the application of the Spirit of God in your life? All the things you've been through, all the things that have taken place in this temple that you've witnessed. And he even acknowledged that Jesus was the teacher he came to at night because of the miracles, the workings, the teachings that Jesus did. We got that in the first two verses of John 3 last week. Amen. He'd seen all the miracles, but he couldn't explain them. Amen. Now in verse 11, for the third time, 
In verse 3, verse 5, and now in verse 11, Jesus is going to say one more time, Verily, verily, truly, truly, pay attention, Nicodemus. I've already told you twice. I'm going to give you one more shot. Listen up. Let's get this thing right. Amen? I don't know if if Nicodemus is still going to get a grasp on this spiritual application that Jesus is talking to him about. And he's not going to if he doesn't get his mind off the literal and onto the spiritual. That's why Jesus tells him, I speak what I know to be true. Number two, I testify what I've experienced. Number three, I've seen it work before. That's all in that verse. And number four, and yet you don't get it? Nicodemus, you've seen the miracles. You told me you did. You heard the teachings. You told me you did. And you still don't get it? What seems to be the problem? Well, in verse 12, he concludes his uh, lesson here with Nicodemus with this obvious conclusion. If I told you about earthly things, you'd have jumped up and down and said, oh, I already know that. Have you ever tried to tell somebody something that they, they, know, they think they already know everything? Amen. I, that was one of my hang-ups when I was a lead tech at Sears in in-home service repair. They'd have me train guys. Then while I'm training them and telling them something, uh, how they need to do their job or what they need to do or how to fix something or whatever, oh, I already know that. And yet, when they got out of my truck and got into their own truck and went about there, it wasn't long until they called me and said, hey, what do I do with this? You know, Had they paid attention in the night class, they would have known what to do in the day class. Amen? He says, if I tell you of earthly things and you don't believe me, how can I expect you to believe me if I tell you of heavenly things? See, a spiritual birth is a heavenly something. Did you know that? It only takes place in heaven. But remember, there's three heavens. The one he was talking about is the church. That's where the spiritual born again application is applied when you want to get into the kingdom of God or into the church the only way in is except you be born again that's the only way you can get into church amen you can sign a card and they'll they'll pass them out and a lot of churches sign this card and be baptized or take communion or pray at an altar or jump up and down or whatever you want to do But God says it's through the Holy Spirit in this heavenly condition that these things take place to allow you into the church. Being born again is a concept of God because it's only God that can operate the Spirit of God to get you in the position you need to be to be where God wants you to be when you're born again. Amen? And since we can't see the Spirit, just like we can't see the wind, we only see the results of the Spirit 
or feel it when it's operating within our spirit. Amen. Has any of you ever felt the spirit move in your spirit? Well, I would say so. Amen. All you have to do is come to church for about 10 minutes. Amen. Either Sunday school, worship, wherever, even in the hallways. You're going to hear spiritual things and the Spirit of God's going to pray, say to your heart or to your spirit, ah, that's true. Amen. It may even ha you don't even have to be in church for that to happen. The Spirit of God can work anywhere. Amen. And usually does. Amen. Too many people want to be called a Christian but aren't willing to go the distance. Aren't willing to flip the switch aren't willing to be what God wants them to be. What I say to that is, saints, marvel not. Don't be surprised when you see people try to convince you of the spiritual things and how spiritual they are and never allow the Spirit to have His way in their lives. That should be a real mystery to all of us. Let me say this about being born again. It's hard for some people to say, I'm sorry. It shouldn't be if you're born again. Because the Spirit will prompt you to say, I was wrong. Forgive me. We learned that in Sunday school, didn't we, Wilma? We have to be able to say, when I'm, things aren't going my way, we got to do something about this. We're going to take matters into our own hands and straighten it out. Amen. How many people do you know that aren't very, don't have very much seniority where they work? Because every time something goes wrong on the job, they quit. Huh? I've seen it in the automotive industry a lot. There's always another dealership down the road that needs an auto mechanic. So if they got crosswise with somebody at that dealership, they'd quit, load up their tools, and move down the street. They were glad to have them down there. Yeah, move right in here. Start on these cars. Amen. Instead of working on the red ones, now you can work on green ones. Don't matter. We love you. Come on down, right? Well, it's, it kind of rolls over. When things aren't going your way uh, on the job, Quit and go somewhere else. They'll probably hire you at a higher rate than you was making at the other place. Huh? I know that's the way it is with cell phones. You think you're paying too much? Just change carriers. They'll give you one at a cheaper rate. It's probably garbage, but you'll get a cheaper rate. Amen. When things aren't going your way in your marriage, even if you weren't married, just living together, well, what do you do? I'm out of here. I'm moving on. I ain't putting up with this. Amen. I'll go somewhere else and hook up. Amen. Don't tell Joe I said this, but I told Joe when he was looking into a marriage partner, you know what I told him? They're all the same. All those girls... Pick out any of them. They're all the same. Did you know that? The only difference is they all have different baggage. 
what you got to look at is what kind of baggage you think you can put up with for the next 50 years or more. Amen? Pretty simple. Now, I know that's probably rubs you wrong, but that's okay. Amen? You know what Joe got married? He knows he's in it for the long haul now. He made the commitment. And I was there. He brought the rope and I tied the knot. Amen. Now, the only way he's going to get out of it if he unties the knot or she unties it. But otherwise, I'll be right there to remind him. Amen. You got to be committed when you decide to take on those kind of obligations. If you don't get along with your neighbors, sell the house. It's got equity in it. You can apply that equity to the next house you buy. Amen. You may even make some money on the deal. Move to the next neighborhood. And after you're there a while, if you can't get along with those neighbors, do it again. Sell the house. Move somewhere else. Pretty soon you're going to realize it ain't the neighbor's problem. You're the problem. So you can sell your house and move all you want. That's not going to fix your problem that you have. Amen. Well, guess what? That happens in churches. Did you know that? There are people that don't get along in church with one another. Isn't that a shame? We're all supposed to be born again, walking in the things of... You know what they do? They just quit going to that church. I'll go to another one. They don't appreciate me over there. I'll go somewhere else. Amen. Well, guess what happens? When they go to the next church, they're so starved for getting new people in the building. They just welcome with open on. Come on in. Until later on when they show their true colors and they want to say to them, now wait a minute. What have we got here? And things don't go their way again. What do they do? Oh, we'll just go to the next church down the road. Amen. Most of you that came here this morning probably drove past multiple church gatherings. Well, why did you drive that far to come to this one? Well, if you don't get what you want here, pretty soon you'll drive a different direction or you'll stop somewhere else. Amen? But if God's in control and you're born again and you come to worship with born again people that have the same ideals and ideology, if you would, of what God wants us to do because we're following the Word and the Spirit, your soul is going to be satisfied and you're going to want to come back again and again and again. Amen. Because God's word tells us that's what we need to be doing. Amen. After you go to so many churches, you're going to find out, huh, I guess it wasn't Brother Dude was the problem. Huh, I guess it wasn't the other pastor either. And the third and fourth pastor, maybe you need to do what Bonnie has on her mirror when she looks in the mirror and say, Lord, I got a problem and it's me. Amen? So when all those things happen around us, we need to make sure we get our lives uh, on the right track. You can, if you would, try to uh, wipe the slate clean. But before long, that same problem is going to show itself again. Amen. The new job will be as bad as the old one. The new partner They'll have their baggage too. The new community will not be the utopia you thought it was going to be. And the new church will still have the same issues because it's none of these things.
that other problem it's being born again or not being born again that brings the problems and when you come to that conclusion you'll have to say Lord I must be the problem I need to be born again amen if that point that's when you become a good candidate for the spiritual experience of being born again we need to make sure that we don't have to go through all of that. Let's just cut to the chase and be born again right from the beginning and dedicate ourselves to being what God wants us to be. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I know it by heart, but I'm going to read it to you. It takes me a while with a new Bible found it therefore if any man be in Christ he's a new creature old things are passed away behold all things become new you know why you're looking at it through a spiritual lens instead of a physical lens amen all things become new you want a new wife get saved you want a new job Get saved. I remember Brother Tudor in Sharonville said, when he got saved, all of his cows that he used to milk got saved too. They were meaner than snakes when he tried to milk them. They'd kick and carry on. He got saved and the cows got saved. Milking became a pleasure rather than a job. Amen. You want, the, you want your neighborhood to be better? Get saved. Live for God. You'll see it through a different set of eyes and then you won't be so anxious to take your money and run somewhere else and take a beating in the housing market. Amen. That's the way it works. Amen. The church ain't what you think it should be. Get saved. Be born again. And guess what? Everybody else will start lining up. Huh. You'll have patience with other people that you didn't have patience with before. You'll be willing to help others in areas that they need help because you know that you needed help in that area too. And if God can help you, he can probably help me or any one of us. If you get born again and allow the Spirit of God to teach us how we need to walk with him, it's going to be things that need to be straightened out that get straightened out. We need to quit trying to, make, uh, to get new by old methods. We need to do it God's way, be born again, and if necessary, and again, and if necessary, again, and again, and again, and again, until you get it right. Amen? The Spirit of God has control in our lives and guides us to what and where God wants to use us. Those are the things we need to focus on when we think about being the child of God, God wants us to be. Amen? I got saved 47 years ago. And I'm still working on a lot of areas that I need to work on that I didn't have any idea about 47 years ago. Amen? Because God just keeps bringing new things to me. I want to be the child of God God wants me to be in 2022. I'm not still trying to be the pastor I would have been in 1975. Amen? Those days are gone. Amen? We made mistakes. 
We did our best to clean them up, and we don't have any regrets. We're moving forward from today. No regrets. Just the Spirit of God leading guiding us to all truth. And remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy, just worth it.